Connecting Indigenous musicians and artists to the world. Welcome to Indigenous Superstars with your host, Rhonda Head. Hello, everyone. How are you doing? I'm coming to you live from Begetti, Manitoba, the heart of Opaskwia Cree Nation. And welcome to show 75. So I'm really excited to, to uh, be hosting the show tonight again. And uh, we're inching close, slowly close to 100 shows. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, and hi, Kim from Kansas. How are you doing? Thanks for tuning in. It's always good to see, uh, see you tuning in on the show. Really, it's really, I really appreciate, appreciate it. Thank you very much. So I just want to make a few announcements. Uh, on May 6th, there's going to be a, a talent show that, that I'm hosting with, along with uh, Clear Sky Connections. And we're doing um, li a live talent show with, with the youth from 13 to 30. So get your um, registration in. As soon as you can, uh, the show will be live streamed on Indigenous Superstars and on Love.Hope.Wins. So if you are, if you have, know of any singers in Manitoba between 13 and 30, get them to register. It's a $25 registration fee. And uh, the top three winners from uh, May 6th will go on to the finale on June 6th, where they'll have a chance to win $1,000. And then there'll be two other other talent shows as well and I'll advertise them next week so there's there's a silent auction going on right now as well for the love dot uh, for the um, what the ta the talent show and and the proceeds of the fundraising will go towards the homeless in Winnipeg so it's a really good good initiative and a good cause for for this uh initiative that the youth have taken on in Winnipeg and I want to give them a huge congratulations for taking this on and and uh, helping out uh, the people that need it in Winnipeg the, the homeless people in Winnipeg the other thing I want to mention um, tomorrow's the last day to vote I'm running for the SOCAN election board to 2021 and uh, I'm hoping to get on, on this uh, board to bring some diversity and, and to represent Indigenous people, but not only Indigenous, but all musicians, because I have a big, a huge passion working for for our artists. So please go out and vote. Tomorrow's the last day, and, and you must be a SOCAN member in order to vote in this election. So I'm crossing my finger, and hopefully I get in onto the board And the other announcement I have is that we're uh, Indigenous Superstars is going to be having a, um, a an, an inaugural music award show, and I'm just going to play the. It's an evening of celebration as the inaugural Indigenous Superstars Music Awards 2021 features 26 categories and the chance to take home top honor of the year. This award ceremony will increase awareness of a songwriter's craft and gain recognition online and through promotion. The show will be streamed live on Indigenous Superstars and Frog Radio with an announcement coming soon on the date of our awards celebration. To register your songs or single, they must have been released and distributed on Spotify between January 1st, 2019 
and July 31st, 2021 at midnight. Entries for submissions are already underway. For all the details and to see the list of 26 categories plus hear artist song entries, please visit our website at indigenoussuperstars.com. So that's my exciting announcement that I've been announcing for the past couple of weeks. So get your nominations in and, uh, and, um, you know, try and win an award for the Indigenous Superstars. So tonight I have a really exciting guest and, and I want to thank the people tuning in this evening. Someone says aho. <laughs> so I'm, I'm just going to read the bio of my next guest and it's, uh, Jonathan Windy Boy, and Windy Boy is known as the Michael Jordan of powwow and grass dance. He's also a tribal leader for the Chippewa Cree, a former member of the Montana House of Representative, and a former state senator for Montana. Currently, Windy Boy serves as a member of the Manitoba of the Montana, not Manitoba, <laughs> Montana House of Representatives in District Thirty Two. Montana's well-known Chippewa Cree Windy Boy, Jonathan Windy Boy, has been indicted into the Montana Indian Athletic Hall of Fame. Please welcome my guest. Help me welcome my guest, Jonathan Windy Boy. Hey, how's it going? Hello, how are you doing, Rhonda? And uh, that's inducted, not indicted. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Sorry about that. Inducted into the. <laughs> I'm glad you got it. When Jonathan has been inducted into the Montana Indian Athletic Hall of Fame, <laughs> I remember reading that when when the the it was announced and uh, really really um was really proud of you that. <laughs> That you got this uh, honor. <laughs> oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but so I just wanted to uh, mention some of your accomplishments as well uh, to the people tuning in. Um, Jonathan has won 17 titles at the Gathering of Nations Powell in Albuquerque. Jonathan also won 14 times at the United Tribe Grass Dance in. Um, Bismarck, North Dakota. He is also a five-time champion at the Skimitzen, Connecticut World Champion. The, that's close by Hartford, Connecticut. And having a song and dance created in his honor, Niha Nimi Nimitu Awasis, Dancing Child by Northern Cree, and mentioned in National Geographic. And he also danced at the 1996 Olympics in Atlanta, Georgia. And Janet, my sister, says, hi, Jonathan. Hello, Janet. How are you? <laughs> so I'm just going to ask you a couple of questions, Jonathan. How how did you get involved in powwow? Well, I was born in 1958. and 1960, I was uh, initiated at the... Uh, by my parents at Fort Belknap Powell in Montana, Fort Belknap Reservation. And I've been uh, doing this now for 61 years now. Wow, that's awesome. So so you danced the grass dance. Um, can you tell us about that dance? Well, before 
Back in the day when I was young, they didn't have uh, the uh, multiple um, categories that they have now. It was just boys and men and women, boys, girls, men and women. And the prize money wasn't that much. It was like five bucks, three bucks, two bucks for for second and third. And uh, and at that time, I never really uh, understood the... Uh, value of what money was because of coming up uh in a uh from a big family and it was just more getting out there and having fun and at that time grass dance was uh was introduced to uh rocky boy by name of uh tom bear's tail from fort berthold in the 50s and so at that time the uh what you see and know is grass dance today with the fringe was in was uh, introduced over here. Before then, we had tail feathers, and if uh, some of you know what the crow style is, that is pretty much basically the uh, style that we had back in those days. And over the course of time, you know, as a um, grass dance was popular in the '60s and then the '70s, and that's when some dancers from down south had fancy feathers. So the '70s was a uh, was 1970s was pretty much the uh, era of uh, fancy dance. And then it was in the early 80s when uh, Dean Fox, Wade Baker had uh, reintroduced the, uh, or uh, not reintroduced, but uh, has kept that style going of grass dance. And then in the early 80s from then on was uh, the grass dance had pretty much grown to where it's at today. And they had had uh, kept it alive and, and there wasn't too much of uh, the grass dance style until the uh, probably the early to mid '80s, and then from then on, it just uh, kind of um, bloomed into what we have today. And uh, when I got back into it, I uh, was about '82 around there, switching from the fancy dance, and then the grass dance was was a style that I wanted to uh, pick back up again. And so at that time, I was running 10 to 20 miles a day and biking 20 to 40 every other day. So I was pretty much in pretty good shape. And as you recall, uh, Rhonda, that uh, was about when I met you guys was back in the mid-80s, around there, mid to late 80s. And so at that time, I know that our uh, uh, friendship and everything has prospered since that time. And it was always, always you know, Always good to see all of you guys up there. And that's when I started coming around Manitoba because I've traveled all uh, 48 states and into Canada, uh, Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, Ontario. So it kind of pretty much put some miles on the roads. And uh, that was one of my goals is to, uh, was to uh, get out there, see the country. And if uh, making a name for myself was uh, going to come along a long way with that, then so be it. But I sure wasn't uh, looking forward or working to being inducted into this Hall of Fame, which was uh, a, a big surprise, but uh, also a big honor. Yeah, that's for sure. When when we read about it, we were really proud of you. And uh, and yeah, so that that must have been so exciting. So so. Uh, what does it like? Can you tell us who who else is on on that Hall of Fame that that you're? Um... Well, mostly they're all uh, basketball uh, and track and other other sports. And uh, powwow has just been 
like I said, I wasn't looking forward to it, but they recognized uh, my accomplishments, and that's when they uh, they inducted me. And there is also another one that uh, they asked me for a lady to uh, be inducted, and then uh, uh, posthumously, I, I said, uh, "What's your name, Mark?" I forget her name from from Crow, but they instead selected uh, her sister. Oh, nice. That is so awesome. Janet says, congratulations and well-deserved. Well, you know what? You know what I always say about the Powell, um, people that, that follow the Powell Trail and dance in the Powell Trail. I call it Powell Olympics. Cause like you, like you just mentioned that you, that you ran 10 to 20 miles a day and then you biked uh, another 20, the, the, the alternate days. Like it's so much work that, that, that the dancers, prepare to dance and 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 when they're out there dancing they make it look like it's so effortlessly but meanwhile there's so much training and and uh blood sweat and tears that goes into when you want to be become a dancer and that's one of the other things too you know i i want to mention as far as powers and stuff it's more like you said it's more physical demanding physically demanding as well as uh the preparation but also a key part uh that uh, assisted me is that um, this is my 38th year of drug and alcohol free and 38 years ago when I got back into it was when I quit drinking and using drugs and all of that so uh, it's also a part of the spirituality of our of our being as uh, as indigenous people so that's that uh, is also a key part of, uh, of my life that I uh, I attribute to that's so awesome. Uh, Lenny Firefly from uh, um, Alberta, Stony Park, says, it's about time, Kona. <laughs> hey, Lenny, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's so wonderful. Uh, thank you for sharing that because there's such a big, um, it's like a circle, right? And and uh, not only it's uh, physically, but mentally, but it's also spiritually. And I'm glad you, you mentioned that. And Janet says... What do you do mentally? How do you how do you mentally prepare for, before contest? Well, you know that was that's a part of the key at uh, my own secret is that once I get out there, I block everything out. It's just me and the drum. And uh, there was one one time I was asked, uh, "Aren't you scared of so and so because you're in their territory?" This and that. But for me, when uh, it's not, it, it isn't about uh, me being scared of anybody. It's my attitude and thought processes that uh, if anybody should be scared, it's them. And that's what I told the guy. And that's the, and that's how the preparation and, you know, and during my time and you, and you've seen my style over the, uh, over the course of time is that there was uh, many moves. And that was one of my, one of the secrets that I have is I try not to, uh, duplicate a move in one song and uh when i uh took a break here in 2000 i counted uh, 264 moves that i uh that i had and i had names for each of them so if, whenever the pressure was on and whatever then i would think of a name that uh i i give i gave some of these moves like the top uh spider uh whirlwind you know just different names and so once i remember that name and then i know which move to to go to and that was that was my the key to my success or a part yeah. that's so awesome 
Thank you for sharing that. And and Lenny Firefry from uh, Stony Park says he doesn't drink at all, brother. Just just breaks hearts. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, I'm going to show a video of you dancing at, at a contest, Paul. <laughs> So that was a, a tie that you had. Um, I can't, let me see what the title is. It says Jonathan Wendy Boy versus Lee Jack uh, Grass Dance Tiebreaker Southern Youth Powell 2019. Yeah, that was, yeah, that, was uh, uh, that, that Lee Jack. I seen him grow up from uh, Tiny Tots on, and uh, he was in his, uh, at that time, he was in his early 20s, and uh, I was 60. And uh, I beat him, by the way. And <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it, uh, it, it, that that's one of the things that, like I said, when I uh, get into these contests, that was a eighteen plus grass dance special, and that's one of the things that I've done. On my, my key to winning those things is that I go back thirty years and pull out moves that a lot of these young people, young guys, don't uh, haven't seen or heard of before. So that's another. That's thing. so awesome. Well, congratulations on winning, and and uh, for the audience tuning in, when I know when me and my sister go go to um, powwows, and and when we watch men's grass, we could just pick you out right away, and and uh, we just love to watch you dance, and and uh, your dances are healing to us, and you know we feel good when when uh, we watch you dance, and and you just like just like you're floating on the on the in the arena, it's so. Your your dance dancing is so beautiful, and Dennis Zotai is tu tuning in from Washington, listening to the interview in Washington D.C. and he's in support of Jonathan. He says, "Hey Dennis, how is it going?" <laughs> and a Facebook user says hi, and Janet says she misses Powell. But yeah, that's what I uh, I was mentioning uh, when me and my sister would go to Powell's and. And you know there there are certain dancers that you you watch on the Apollo Arena that just that just stand out and and you're one of them and we really enjoy watching you dance and 
and it brings us happiness and and um and joy to watch it. you know that, that's medicine and healing for us when when you dance and you dance so beautifully so i, I wanted to tell you that you know one of the things uh Rhonda, you're talking about uh, some of the different dances and stuff you know over the course of my the time in my uh early years I've, I've i've asked questions to some of my elders and i asked my my grandpa one time it was uh what is old style grass? And he looked at me a cinch. He said, you got your head, you got your shoulders, you got your hips, you got your legs. Use them. Don't be afraid to use them because there's not many people. There's, there's some people out there that don't have that opportunity or ability. And so as I start to uh, um, uh, follow that and thinking about more and more about some of the other teachings that uh, other elders have told me, and some people call it the uh, um, this grass road, the sweet grass road of life, as uh, as a part of uh, like when you look at a braid of sweet grass, you have a beginning and you have the end, and that sweet grass road of life, you can see that braid going from left to right, left to right, and that's the same way that uh, how I've looked at as far as my dancing and when my when my uh, grandpa once told me too that when you do a move on one side. You follow up on the other, and that kind of goes into that whole concept that uh, we try to keep uh, our whole being uh, in balance. And in Cree, as you know, Nehiwak is uh, is uh, the uh, uh, four-bodied person, the mind, the emotion, the physical, and the spirit. And so for my dancing and, my, and the style that I have, that's what I try to incorporate, and that's why I always try to follow that, that process. So it's all a learning process of life and at the same time just like uh, any other part of our ceremony that dancing is uh, is a way of life for me anyway for, on 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 those basic teachings of life that's so awesome thank you for sharing that so what would what kind of advice would you give a, a young dancer um getting into powwow and starting to dance in the arena don't drink don't drink stay off drugs lead a good life every once in a while we fall every once in a while but at the same time we uh pick ourselves up brush off brush it off and keep going and try the best because there's no human alive that's perfect and if we're if we're perfect then we'd be where our creators at and the thing about it is that when you when we when we live that uh type of life that uh uh don't be afraid to make a mistake and don't be afraid to ask questions because the only dumb question is one not asked. Good point. I like that. Yep. The only dumb question is one not asked. That's really good. I like that. So I wanted to to go back about um, people are people are calling you the Jor Michael Jordan of the powwow and grass dance, uh, and 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 then I and I also shared about how many titles you've won at gathering of nations of winning 17 times and then united tribe grass dance and bismarck winning it 14 times and and then being a five-time champion at the skimits and like that those are all big powwows how do you how do you uh, how do you um how do you say um how do you prepare or how like what what do you do um to prepare in the, on those big contests because there's so many dancers that that go to those powwows that I mentioned and and I know you said like you you go into your into your own 
your own bubble, I guess you would say. But but what else can you tell us? Like how do how do you prepare for for winning these these big name powwows? Well, uh, when you mentioned the Gathering of Nations, and just like uh, the Southern Ute was uh, is a mile and a half high elevation, and Gathering of Nations in Albuquerque is a mile high. And so what I would do is I would, uh, well, it's most recently on, on the later years, but what I would do is I would uh, go to Flagstaff, which is uh, close to two miles high in elevation, and I would train there. I would run there and get my uh, vascular system up and get my heartbeat rate up and get, 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 get used to the elevation because that's what's going to happen. And every once in a while when you go into a lower elevations like uh phoenix for example phoenix arizona that's below sea level or at sea level and what i would do is i would uh, train that much harder as far as uh instead of doing uh, uh long distance training i would do more of a sprint like a 100 yard dash do a lot of uh jump ropes and you get get ready physically because if you're not ready 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 physically then you're 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 you won't be ready mentally and vice versa, and I say that because when you when you prepare when when I prepare myself mentally, and if I'm not ready to step up to the plate physically, then the mind will go, but the body will say heck no, and vice versa. So that's just a part of a uh, a practice that I've had, and the same goes like when I go to Florida, they too are at sea level, so it's going to be a lot easier. But the the uh, the different climates across the uh, state you just kind of caught it you just got to kind of gauge what what the uh, climate is going to be and prepare that way mostly and uh, a lot of times people don't re- understand or realize that squats and um, you know the um, the glutes are a, a real key to dancing and that's what I you know, always try to work on is to try to do that part of uh, physical training that's awesome awesome words. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, Janet's asking, what would you tell the youth about caring for their outfits? What I would say is when you get an outfit, caring for it is like a part of you because it is a part of you when you get out there. And like I said, that when you're, when you're, when you're displaying your, uh, your gift, the dance, the gift of dance. And then that, that, that's, that's what you do. It's just like when you get up in the morning, you take a shower and we fix our hair we try to make ourselves look presentable and that's the same way with how uh how one should treat their uh, their outfits and that's uh the longer the longer you take care of it the longer it'll, it'll last good words uh gay sparvier said jonathan windy boy good words and uh lenny firefly says uh, you, you're you're the rubber man. The moves he does in the past, and he does, and he said they don't see that today. Yeah, thanks, and that, and that's one of the things you know that when when my uh, in my in my dancing in my dancing style, there's a lot of things that uh, a lot of people don't understand or realize. You know, like uh, like the uh, the head roach, for example, made of uh, porcupine hair. You know, a long time ago, that porcupine, before he was a, he was turned into a porcupine, he too was a human, and he was known as a great hunter with a never-ending never, never 
unending uh, arrows. And that's why when you when you approach a, a porcupine right away, he gets on the defensive. And when he when he throws his uh, porcupine quills, that's the same thing. And that's why when he we wear him as a, a, on a roach on our heads, that's what it represents is that his being him being a uh, a scout and uh, and a hunter. That was that was his role. And the same thing with uh, with the uh, plumes. The uh, feelers, they call them, or else uh, some dancers use uh, feathers, uh, eagle feathers, and those plumes. They represent the two two older brothers, and uh, the uh, same way with the with the eagle. When when they when they use the feathers on the head like that, that's what they're doing is to keeping keeping watch, keeping an eye out from from above. And these are these little bit of tidbits, you know, of of, of teachings that. Uh, not everybody gets to hear, and at the same time, there's some of us who uh, who uh, tried to share these things with, uh, with especially the young dancers. Really, really, uh, it, it's important. And just like my one of my late uncles once told me, is that when it comes to spirituality, don't be stingy, because not everybody knows what I share with you. And so that's what that's why I say that. Uh, that's what that uh, represents. And the same thing with uh, this breastplate. A lot of, I bet you a lot of dancers probably don't understand why we wear breastplates. Well, it goes back to that uh, that uh, drum ceremony that uh, when you have a preparation of that pup, which is a, med- a bear medicine. And when you, when you prepare that, that's what that represents is that uh, when we take off that, uh, uh, how the, how the, how, how the, the portions are, are uh, are prepared that breastplate is is connected to the head and so that's what that represents is uh, is a warrior's armor and so they, like i said these things here are are, are basically what uh, what uh, we what we try to share with others janet says thank you for sharing your knowledge and and, and yeah i want to thank you for sharing that as well and one of the ladies from my my community is asking, is it more meaningful to make your own regalia or to be gifted? Well, either way, I mean, you know, and uh, when 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 you talk about some of the like me, I don't know how to sew, so I have other people sew my yarn and everything, but the beadwork um, that I that I I've given the design to my my sister in law to. Uh, uh, who's married to my cousin and she's the one who made my beadwork and this other one Marianne Patrick had made the replica of that particular one and so it all it all depends because a lot of times you know like even today's power about the when 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 you start learning more and more about the uh, background and the history of power how that drum way came to us is uh, is really significant and a lot of times you know this uh, competition power that we know and see nowadays is uh has overcome that real meaning and when that 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 word gift is is something that's really important that's why a lot of these uh established powers on reservations who have a lot of family giveaways and all of this stuff there's that's there's that uh um uh gift giving portion of that and when families give away star quilts penaltons and all of these material gifts and when people have these elders speaking in front there before, and that's what they're doing is they're offering 
all of our ancestors or our, our, our relatives who've gone on and they take the uh, the spiritual part of that of those items and then in return they give us the the, the supernatural powers that uh, we're all gifted with after we go on and that's luck uh, our mind as well as our path and they have that ability to uh, help us in that way and that's and that's and that's the secret of that uh, gift-giving portion of uh, of powers that we know. And a lot of times, you know, these dancers nowadays who are into competition and stuff. That's what that's what they say is that uh, is that uh, oh man, we should get going. There's too dang many, too darn many giveaways and stuff like that. But yet, at the same time, that's a that's a major portion of uh, of what we what power is. That's right. Uh, she also says, so basically, the outfit is a rep- re- representation of you as each piece symbolizes you. Yes. And, 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 it's re- and it's, you know, long ago, when we go to different gatherings like that, you can pretty much tell by the designs of uh, a person's uh, uh, regalia and stuff is that you can tell. Oh, okay, that one there is. Uh, they're they're from Pro, or else they're from. This is from a different tribe and stuff. And that does it symbolized where, what tribe they come from, or what part of the country they come from. And but nowadays everybody's pretty much kind of gets pretty uh, creative on coming up with their own uh, individual designs. That's awesome. That is so awesome. Yeah, and it's it's true. Like uh, I know when I went to the Powell, there's. <laughs> Uh, different tribes have certain certain different designs that represent the territory that they come from. So that's really uh, Pawa is a real beautiful way of life. And and uh, oh, she says thank you. And uh, I know everyone's missing Pawa, and I'm so jealous. I'm not living in the states right now because their uh, Pawas are starting up. And and uh, you're telling me, Jonathan, before that you're heading out to. Um, for Bears Casino in a couple couple of weeks, uh, end of May, I believe. Yes, that's in North Dakota, Newtown, North Dakota, and then also I'll be uh, heading over to uh, on sixth, seventh, and eighth of July. I'll be heading to Red Lake, Minnesota, and then as soon as they finish there, I'm gonna pack up all the way back to Browning, Montana, on that next day, nine, ten, eleven. So it's good to be back, and it's good to be back in the in my way of life. Oh, you're so you guys are so lucky. We're we're on lo- currently on lockdown right right now, and I'm not sure when when the the border is going to open up. But uh, I know as as soon as it's open, and I am me and Janet want to want to uh, go to be on the Powell Trail again. I'm getting a new dress made, so I'm really excited to get back to get back uh, to dancing again. And I miss traveling so much <laughs> right now. We're like I said, Manitoba's on lockdown till the end of May. And then my reserve is on lockdown till mid May, but we're probably going to go on lockdown again because Manitoba's back on lock- lockdown. <clears throat> so the other question I wanted to ask you is about um, your career in politics. How did, how did you get into politics? Well, I used to do a lot. Actually, my, my uh, my uh, great grandpa, which who comes from Canada, he was a war chief for uh, Big Bear at that time, and so when it wasn't really politics, but he was in it was a leadership role that he had. And then my grandpa, he uh, at the early times of uh, formation of Rocky Boy, 
he sat on council and then my uncle served on there. My dad served on there from 1966 to mid 80s. And then my brother got on from 88 to 2004 and 1990. In the 90s, I used to do a lot of uh, drug and alcohol prevention during the off season. And I uh, done a lot of national education, uh, motivational speeches and and, and and all of that stuff. And I tried to incorporate my presentations to the youth based upon that and drug and alcohol free uh, way of life and all of that stuff. And then uh, one of the frustrations that I had was that in my own community, I was doing this in the schools that we do uh, teepee making, outfit making, different parts of that as far as the cultural stuff. And one of the students in grade school that uh, noticed I was sitting there quiet and and uh, that student asked me what was wrong. So I said, you know, it gets really frustrating. I said, I do a lot of this stuff across the country into Canada. I said, and and uh, I really get a lot of support from communities uh, in what I'm doing, but it's really frustrating for me here. And this was uh, mid mid nineties when nineteen uh, nineties when I was asked that. And so uh, I said, and even my tribal leadership don't even take much interest of what I'm trying to do here. And then that student, grade school student, looked at me and asked me, and said, why, oh, why don't you run? And that kind of hit home home for me. And so in 1998, I ran for tribal council, and I was on there till 2010. And then uh, from 19, uh, 2002, I was the uh, chairman of the Montana Wyoming Tribal Leaders Council, which was based in uh, Billings that represented all the tribes in Montana as well as Wyoming. And uh, when they uh, when I was chairman there, the, the uh, council members uh, had an issue on human services at our state capitol. So they, they passed a position paper resolution and sent me to Helena at our capital here to uh, advocate on behalf of the tribe. So I did. I came over here. And it just so it was ironic that my uh, representative at that time uh, was on the committee that I was presenting to. And he voted no. He voted no voted against what like, it went there for. And so uh, I didn't even leave the room and they took a vote and he voted against what I was there for. So as I was leaving, he followed me out and said, hey, Jonathan, what's, it's, it's not what you think. He said, you don't understand how things operate around here. I turned around, I told him, I said, you know what? I may not know how things operate around here, but I will because the next year's election in 2002, I'm going to take you out. And so I've been here since 2002, and 20 years later, 10 sessions later, I'm still going strong. And that's one of the keys that uh, that I've always uh, went in there from the get-go is uh, is uh, don't beat around a bush. Tell the, tell it like it is. Tell the truth, and don't don't BS anybody. And that's what got me here, and uh, still here, and I'm gonna be here until they take me out on a stretcher, I guess. <laughs> so what is your current your current title now are you the uh, like i said on your on your bio that you were a member of montana house of representative that is that what your title is now yeah, yeah. what you see how, how what how, the, the whole system here how it's set up is that then in the, in the 90s there was term limits that were uh were were each members uh was only allowed to serve uh four sessions or eight years. And when I got in and got on in 2002, 
I served three sessions there, 03 session, 05 and 07. And I could have served out one more, but I would have had to have uh, set, set out another couple of years after that to run for the Senate seat. So in, in 2008, I ran for the Senate. I took out uh, incumbent and uh, I've been served in there from 2008 to 2016. And then when my, after I finished there, I took out my, uh, my house member in 2016 and I have one more session in 24. I'll be running for the Senate. And I told my Senator, I said, well, I want to uh, give you an offer. We can switch seats or I'm going to take you out. So <laughs> I don't know if you took that too well. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So Amanda G. Lathan is tuning in. She's our MLA here for, for the PAW in Manitoba. And she's like, wow, a former state representative. So she's she's happy to hear that. Cause she's she's into, into politics and uh, she's been in um, MLA for a couple of years, and Janet asked, is asking, did you meet Trump? No, and I never want to. I don't blame you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want to meet him. I don't want to meet him neither. <laughs> back in two thousand, back in two thousand eight, I, uh, I I I was uh, I endorsed uh, um, President Obama then. And so at that time, I, I got to meet him nine times, and I, they also selected me to be his uh, co-chair of his get out, the, get out the Native vote across the country down here. So I was able to do that, and I was able to in, uh, invited to a lot of functions at the White House. And I even got to play basketball against him. He was, he was, awesome. he was, he was Did you beat him? Well, actually, uh, when they were picking teams, <clears throat> I, got, I, got, I got to guard him. Oh, okay. So you're playing with him. Okay. Okay. That's <laughs> cool. <laughs> so did you ever perform at, did you perform at the White House? No, actually, I like I said, I was just got invited to the different functions there, but uh no, I I had that opportunity to uh to be with him and we were on a first name basis, which was pretty cool. I mean, actually not every that day you get cool. to be friends with the president. That's right. Yeah, and who cares about Trump, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'll tell you, man, we're, we're having withdrawals from all the stuff that he did. Oh, my goodness. I can't, can't even imagine. <laughs> yeah, one of the things, you know, when I'm, when I'm here at the legislature, <clears throat> like this session here, there's 100 members in the, uh, in the House of Representatives, and 40 of them are freshmen, first time, everything, so. Every session, I'm always having to uh, give them uh, history lessons about what our people, and because they're always saying that Indians don't pay taxes, blah, blah. So I just turn to them and tell them like it is that we paid our dues. Right. And, and it's the same thing here in Canada, too, but we paid with our land. Hey? But it's, it's like yeah. the same. It's the same thing with all Indigenous people. You know, we, we paid a heavy tax mm. with our, our land and our resources. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yep. one of the things that was kind of last week, there was this one uh, representative was trying to figure out what the definition of retroactive applicability means and what retroactive applicability is uh, going back uh, in time. If this is applying to them retroactive, if it goes back to whenever. And so when I, he, answered, he asked that question to somebody and it was kind of a vague, vague answer. So I got up and I, I told him, I want to, uh, address what my colleague over here asked about what retroactive applicability means 
1889, Montana became a state. In the next session, I'm going to come back here and I'm going to uh, uh, present a bill to every Montana resident uh, uh, property tax due since 1889. That's retroactive applicability. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope that bill passes. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, every once in a while, you know, that's what the, that's like I said. You just got to tell it like it is, and just tell them straightforward. You know, that's the only way they can understand. Yeah, exactly. And Amanda, the MLA, said that she does the same thing at the Manitoba Legislative. So it's really great that we have uh, leaders in in uh, in in politics uh, representing us and, and talking on our behalf. Yeah, good job. You go, whoever that is. Yeah. Which one? Uh, oh, that's Amanda Laughlin. She's the MLA for the, uh, oh. the PAW region uh, for Manitoba. All right, you go, girl. Yeah. She's been in Paul. She's been uh, an I MLA for the past six years, she said. Cool. Nice. I've been yeah. uh, with all my combined years in politics. I have thirty under my belt, thirty-two now. Wow, that's so awesome! So, so there's some new people that tuned in, and, and I wanted to ask, uh, I wanted to ask you again uh, about being inducted into the Montana <laughs> Montana Indian Hall of Fame. Can you can you tell us about that again? Well, it's, it was like you know. Uh, it was it wasn't anything that I was uh, shooting for. I didn't even know there was a Montana Indian Hall of Fame, but uh, it was just through my accomplishments, I guess, that uh, the uh, board of directors had uh, recognized it and they uh, voted on it and they inducted me for my dancing ability. So, you know, it is an honor and glad that they uh, they recognized those efforts because a lot of people don't understand about dance in general and what it takes to get to be at that level that, that you know top of the game level which like you said people call me michael jordan of uh grass dancing and uh you know that was what always and he's my hero as well but uh you know to be performing at that level is, is takes a lot of dedication and a lot of hard work and a lot of effort That's so awesome. Uh, Amanda said, thank you. And she said, wow. And Lisa Whitecloud says, do you and Jonathan speak Cree to each other? What I could, what I'll say is Tansi. You know, you know, you know, Janet, you know what uh, I like to also kind of elaborate a little bit about some of the work that I've done here. In 2013, okay. since 2013, 2015, 2017, 2019, and now uh, 2021, I was uh, fortunate and I got $8 million out of the state general fund to fund uh, the uh, Indian language preservation programs in the state. And in 2015, I uh, also got implemented uh, Indian language immersion programs and how I got into an a language pre uh, immersion into the school system is that uh, when I was in Hawaii back in 96, 1996, I also choreographed uh, that uh, a dance troupe that had done the halftime of the Pro Bowl, Pro, Pro Bowl football, you know, all of the, all of the, uh, the stars in, NF in the NFL. 
goes there and we've done the halftime and they took us on a tour there at that with that Hawaiian language immersion program out there and that's what clicked for me I said man this is what Montana needs and so that stayed with me all throughout my years and so in 2015 that that's what I got implemented and that's what we're and that's what we're um, we're doing right now so that's part of the uh, things that I want to uh, leave as part of my legacy in this uh, legislature is to try to make sure that my future generations uh, are going to to uh, uh, carry on and to continue on and prosper that way of life. Our language and our culture is the key of our existence and a key of our communication with the as you know. And so that's uh, really something because in 2013, out of the 4,000 members of uh, residents that live in Rocky Boy, at that time, that survey uh, cited 268 um, uh, fluent Cree speakers, or no, 168, I'm sorry, it was 168 uh, fluent Cree speakers at that time, and today we're down to 50. And so that need is really, really uh, important to try to make sure that uh, that we do that. And because the kids are in the public school system every day and that with that language immersion that's in the schools, those kids are kind of at a disadvantage because when they come home, their their disadvantage is that uh, <clears throat> they don't have a yeah, infrastructure within their home, <clears throat> no way to speak to. And so that's what I'm trying to do is to trying to, with our tribal colleges, trying to uh, get the uh, families, family strengthening for the parents and the kids to go to the tribal college and take the language uh, programs at that level to make sure that uh, so that they can learn and start to pick up and carry on sentences and and uh, all of that stuff and to, to 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 make that and that's that's how the concept that I had and that's what I have in in the Montana state law today. Good work. That's so awesome. Uh, that and yeah, language is very important. And and yes, I'm Cree. And and for me, how I started learning it is by writing music and started um, learning writing writing music in Cree and um, and you know using our Cree dic- dictionary. And uh, <laughs> Lenny Firefly said, "Tanzanichi moose." <laughs> <laughs> and amanda says how can i follow jonathan windeboy such an interesting and inspiring guest thanks Rhonda. do you have any social media you know i've never been on facebook in my life and i don't plan on it because too much drama but my uh email is rep short for representative robert edward paul the numbers three two thirty two JWB is in my initials, so that's rep32jwb at gmail.com. And my cell phone number is 406-945-1805. And I had that cell number since 1998 when I had my first Holy, bag. I, I probably still have it on my old phone that I lost. <laughs> <laughs> probably is because it's been, it's, that was, I had that first number when I had my first bag phone. Holy, I'm just typing in your, uh, your email here. Rep32. Rep32. Uh, Rep Gmail. At Gmail. Yes. Dot com. And then your phone number. I'm going to write that in. 
Okay. There you go, Amanda. You know, one of the things that, uh, that uh, a lot of times, you know, when, uh, when politics is rough, man, it's a tough way as people think it's easy, but, you know, as tribal politics, it, there's always somebody who is, uh, will always try to take you down. And that's with anything, like I said, you know, nobody's perfect, but you just got to get up and you just got to keep on going and, and keep the uh, focus on what you want to accomplish. And that's uh, one of the things that I try to keep in the forefront. And that's, and that's, and that's one of the things that I like to say in life in general is to never lose focus because all of the other dramatics and everything, because there, there will always be those people, naysayers. But when you keep your focus on the, on the big goal of what you want to accomplish, then you'll get there eventually. That's good advice. So Jane Ross said that is excellent. We also had teachers attend that conference you were talking about. And we also have a Cree immersion here in OCN from nursery to grade six. And all students must have a Cree course to graduate. Nice. That's here in my community. Yeah. Nice. So, that, yeah. yeah so, you, know, you know, that's one of the things that I always talk about on the floor of, of the legislature of that history is that, you know, down here in the United States, we've been through so much, the French Indian wars back in the 1600s and to, uh, and people down here don't even understand or realize that the U S constitution was based upon, uh, the, uh, what was called the wampum belt and the six nations, Iroquois Confederacy and upstate New York, because when they, once that, once the, uh, that revolution, uh, had, had changed where, United States have become independent from from the British rule. Is that these people didn't didn't know how to govern? They didn't know what laws or whatever, what way of life that they would uh, that what they would uh, uh, follow. And so that's when they when these uh, founders of the Constitution went up to upstate New York and and they understood start start to learn what that wampum belt was and that, and was the. Um, um, the laws of nature, the laws of the universe, the laws of of what of what our people have survived on for centuries and centuries before they came over here, and so that's what they did. Is they, when they when they did do that, they put together that constitution that only benefited a few, and that was those uh, non-natives, those fair-skinned men that was over there, and that's one of the things that uh, that I tried to uh, tell them is that. People don't know that. People don't know that history. And then in the 1800s, when the 1800s came about, the Indian policy down here was uh, under the Department of War. So you know that what kind of policy and what kind of uh, uh, what what the uh, indigenous people came to down here, because in four, 1492, 1500 around there, there there was uh, um, estimated 25 million natives that lived on this land here and then in 1900 it was down to 200,000 and uh now today we're at 2.1 million so the 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 when people talk about genocide genocide happened here within our own uh within our own countries and people don't mm -hmm. want to hear that 
And when you hear history and history is we see it in public education, they don't they don't put that. They don't put the histories about what uh, atrocities that some of our uh, or a lot of children who went to uh, boarding schools, residential schools. There's a lot of uh, 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 burial sites and, and graves that are in the backs of those old schools and, and churches. You know, and, and nobody don't want to hear that today. And even in the natives down here in 1924, is fine. it was the year that the federal government finally recognized the Native Americans as uh, U.S. citizens in our own country. So these these are the things what I what I what I tell the uh, my colleagues over here because a lot of them don't know this. So it's yeah, really important yeah, it's, it's so true. Yeah, yeah, and it's the same thing here in Canada too. Wow, what you're talking about about um, you know we went through genocide as well and residential school and. Um, <clears throat> Oh, and Amanda said it frustrates me that Native American issues do not make national news in the U.S. like here in Canada. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, Montana, we have this session, we have 11, <clears throat> 11 uh, Natives that uh, have been out of 150. So some of the things that we have going on here is I explained to you some of my uh, accomplishments here. They're there. It's a far and in between, and 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 you know, mainstream media doesn't won't recognize that that it's important for us. A victory in this uh, day and age of politics is uh, is far and in between. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. We need more platforms for for uh, Indigenous people to share our, our good news and the good things that we're doing in our community. And that's part of the, one of the reasons why I started this show to to give us a platform to share um, what what um, my brothers and sisters are doing all all over um, Turtle Island and in Australia and Mexico and. And a lot of people are doing good things, and and, it, and um, I'm happy that um, this is a a platform where where we get, they get to share their stories, and it's and it'll be documented now too through my YouTube channel. And my sister said I share my parents' residential school life and how they pass their traumas down to us. I do presentation on intergeneral resident residential school trauma, and a lot of mainstream still don't know what happened to us. And Jane said, get up when you speak the truth. Marianne Patrick is tuning in. Hi, Marianne. Hi there. I just wanted to say Jonathan is the most videographed dancer on the Palo Trail. Everyone wants to catch his moves. I have many years of his dan <clears throat> dancing on film. That's awesome, uh, Marianne. Yeah, she started following me back. And hey, there, sister, how you doing? She's been following me every time I go to Sapawa. She'd pull out her VHS and her all of everything throughout the 80s and to the 90s. And now she, she grabs, pulls out her phone and she starts videoing. So that is so cool. That's good to know. Thank you for sharing that, Marianne. And I believe it. Yeah, I, I believe it because, like I said, when me and Janet. Go to Powell's and when Jonathan, when we hear Jonathan's at the Powell, if we for sure we're gonna watch him when he's doing when he's dancing in his contest because uh, his dancing is so your dancing is so beautiful. I'm just uh, talking like you're not here. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot you're my guest. I'm 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 looking at Mary Ann's name there. 
<laughs> also, too, what you ought to do, and I know she gave me her videos there, but uh, what I would like to do is get those digitized, and I bet you there'd probably be a whole bunch of them that would show up on YouTube. Oh, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, of um, videos on uh, uh, there is a lot of videos of you on YouTube. I have to pick and choose which one to to. Uh, show this evening and and marianne says hi brother nice to hear your voice <laughs> <laughs> yeah well yeah you said it was gonna last an hour and we're at the hour mark so yeah so right. before we before we go is rocky boy having a, a powwow this summer in august i have no idea i'm not uh i'm not on that pay scale oh okay well we'll have to watch out for it then and uh, hopefully we'll be able to see see you dance on the powwow trail really soon. And and uh, we're we're all missing powwow and missing watching you dance. And and um, uh, you're, you're like I said, you're a beautiful dancer. And 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 everyone uh, tuning in, uh, thank you for tuning in. And uh, I'm really happy that that uh, you agreed to be my guest today or guest seventy five for my for my show since I started last last spring so i want to thank you again i know you're a busy person and thank you for for sharing your your knowledge and and uh your their their the history and and the stories that with us this evening yeah you're welcome and you know what i shared with you and your audience uh is uh i don't do it too often that's so that uh, i'm really honored that that you're saying that to me because a lot of the uh the um Powell people that I've interviewed, they're, they're telling me that it's a, a, a I've gotten an exclusive interview. So I really thank I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart and for you for for um, taking the time and sharing all your knowledge. Yeah, thank you're you welcome. so much. Yeah. So, do you have any parting words before we we sign off? Well, um, I, I, I when I uh, when people were asking me how I was feeling here early on in the session, I said, well. I said I I got some, I got a fever. They said really. I said yeah, a power fever. <laughs> so hopefully, I'll be able to get rid of that here pretty quick. But uh, you know, as as far as my parting words to everybody is, ah, come on, don't give up. Try hard, and whatever you do in life. My one one of my late uncles told me that when I asked him what uh, he thought of me running for uh, National Congress of American Indians leadership, he he told me he said. I can't tell you yes. I can't tell you no. All I can tell you is when you re when you go for something, shoot for the sky. Awesome so, party yeah. words. Thank you very don't, much. Yep, and don't limit yourself because the only mm -hmm. one that's going to be holding you back is you. Yep, that is so true. Thank you for your for your knowledge and and uh, your time. And I'm so honored that you you were got to spend some time with you. I miss miss seeing you and and the Apollo Trail. And hopefully we'll we'll uh, get to meet up soon again when the world heals, when the world starts healing, and we could yep. dance again on the Apollo Trail again. Yep. Yeah. So I just want to say, everyone, stay safe, stay healthy. And my next guest on Monday is uh, Native American flute player Jan Michael Looking Wolf. Tune in again next time when Rhonda interviews another up-and-coming Indigenous superstar, only on Indigenous Superstar.